0: some others and all, and it's a message that God put in my heart a long time ago, and I've just been holding on to it and holding on to it, and I want to let you know that it's a heavier message. I'm just giving you that, that warning in advance. It's a heavier message, and um, it, it, it's, it's, it's coming to us from Hebrews chapter 11, and it's probably some verses that when you read chapter 11, because chapter 11 is known as the Hall of Faith, There are so many other better stories, really, when you look at it. You're like, we're going to focus on those ones, and you might read these and be like, wow, and just skip over it, but this one is something that we have to read and we have to focus in on, and again, I want to tell you, this is one of those heavier messages that are there, and I can't shake it. It might be because, um, you know, I've received some emails lately. There's been some faith stories that we've shared, which are very real and very true, and people have said, like, I've tried to pray like that, and I've not seen it, or I'm still struggling with this. And one person was like, am I just a bad Christian because I just haven't been able to get the breakthrough? And it seems like it was, it was so good for all these other people. Um, I think maybe some of this heavy that is there is partially from what I preached during the COVID lockdown when I preached on... What chapter of Daniel are we living in? Is it, you know, Daniel 1, purpose-driven? Is it Daniel 3? Like, do you really believe that? Is it Daniel 6? We're going to change the law and trap you. Could be some of that. It could be because I'm getting old, all right? It could be that. I mean, I just think about my mom and the way she raised us, my mom and dad. And and I thought, when I was prepping this sermon, I was just like seeing my mom and dad all over this. And if you don't know, like, um, the heavy things, like, my mom was not afraid to say the heavy things when I was a little kid, you know? I mean, she went right to, like, them cutting your tongue out, you know, if you deny Christ, you know, I'm, if you don't know the story, I'm going to school, like first grade. She's like, you love Jesus. And I'm like, I do. And she's like, if you go there and they want you to deny Jesus, you don't deny him. I'm like, I'm not gonna. And she's like, even if they want to cut your tongue out, you don't, you don't deny Jesus. And I went to school like, okay, you know, like don't cut my tongue out. You know, that's my mom. All right. You know, that was so maybe it's some of that. And she would say like, if you're ashamed of him, He'll be ashamed of you, you know. That's what the Bible says. So there's a little bit of that in this text today. And so let me get there. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 35, the second part, it says, some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed to the sword, they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us that apart from us they should not be made perfect. What I just read is part of Hebrews chapter 11. Again, that hall of faith. And again, we love the... Hall of Faith, the other stories, and we're like, that's the verses you pick. There's so many other good ones, and we love the, the flannel graph. How many know the rest of uh, chapter 11 is like the flannel graph? How many are old enough to remember flannel graph? You know, these are the Sunday school stories in chapter uh, 11. They're there, and they're the, they're the good ones there. And, and there's all these ones, but we can't skip over 35 to 40, and so before we go to 35 and 40, let me just back up for just a second. Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of faith, and it says in verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Some says substance and evidence, but I like the assurance and conviction with faith we, faith, we have total confidence in Jesus. We serve him, we love, and we, we step out. We say, we trust you. There's saving faith where we say, I believe, and by faith, I receive the free gift that you give me of salvation. It's, it's a saving faith. There's a living faith that you need to have to live out your faith every day. There's healing faith. There's all this, but right here, we're looking at the, this hall of faith for people that stepped out and obeyed God and did amazing things. But then we have these verses there, 35 through 40. We see the ones in there, of the, the ones that we all know, the flannel graph ones, like Noah and Abraham. You know, we've got Moses in there. We've got Joshua with the battle of Jericho. I mean, the, the, the writer of Hebrews is going full flannel graph. He's getting them all in there. Boom, 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 boom. All the highlights, all the kids' Bible stories. And then the, the, these ones right there. He goes into a speed round of all the good in verses 32 through 35, and he gives like a speed round of like all these good stories that are there. And he says, what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak uh, Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made uh, strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. I mean, those are like, okay, those are tons of them. And and you may not realize this, but the writer was dropping little phrases. And if you know your Bible, you were able to fill it in. It's like, you know, stop the mouths of lions. You're like, who is that? Daniel, Daniel, there you go. A star, gold star right there, all right. You know, and it's like uh, uh, mastering kingdoms was David. Quench the power of fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We have escaping the edge of the sword, which would be Elijah. And, the, and the, the, these people all faced incredible odds, and they stood strong, and they obeyed God, and they did exactly what he said. And, and, and in Hebrews chapter 11, we see these amazing stories about these people. And they're pleasing God because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And they are pleasing God with this faith as they're living it out, saying, I trust you. I go there. And we love these stories, don't we? I mean, who wouldn't love those, the good ones? Like, those are like the good ones. Like, you love those ones. And our culture loves those stories. And we also love formulas and algorithms and predictability. And so we say, like, if we apply the science of analytics, God... Like, if you did it for them, then you have to do it for us. How many know that's not the way he works? If you did it that way, like, if if Connor got that, then we, you know, and if there, then that, and if this, then that, and, and it doesn't work that way. We want to put God in a box and say, you got to do it exactly the way we said, and it's guaranteed results are guaranteed, or our money back. That's how we feel, you know? And it's like, no, that's not the way it is. Even some of the people in Hebrews chapter 11 in the hall of faith, even some of those stories there, think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're like living in faith. Like, we know that God's able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, they're like ready, like, even if we're gonna be in verses 35 through 40 someday. (laughs) Right? Think about Esther, the great story of Esther. You know, she's like, hey, if I perish... I perish. She's like, I'm standing up. I'm obeying. I'm doing what God says. But if I perish, I perish. And if I get put in verses 35 through 40, so be it. So we go back to those verses of 35 to 40. The writer of Hebrews probably had some people in mind. Like, we talk about the prophet Jeremiah, but you don't talk about the fact that he was beaten, that he was um, imprisoned, and according to the lives of the prophets, they tell us that he was stoned to death. So we don't talk about that. And then Isaiah, Isaiah, like Isaiah. We, you know Nathan Finocchio was here and he talked about Isaiah falling at the feet of God uh, like a dead man, seeing the uh, angels and the cherubim and the seraphim flying around his presence saying, holy, 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 and he falls to it on his face and he has the coal put to his tongue. And then he's like, here am I, send me that Isaiah. We don't talk about this, but it also tells us that he was sawn in two. That's how he died. Here's the same guy, like, holy, holy, holy. And then, and then the way he ends is like, wow, that, that's not what I thought. Like, maybe we could have got a second chariot of fire that would have taken you up or something. Like, that's just a, that's, wow. But most likely, the writer of Hebrews was referencing the Maccabean revolt. And William Barclay, um, in his commentary, gives about, like, some of these people that would be included through 35 through 40. And um, it's heavy. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna warn you, it's heavy. This is not Sunday school flannel graph stuff. But he tells about seven brothers that gave their life for their faith. They wouldn't give in to the people that were conquering them and were oppressing them and they held true to their Jewish faith. They're like, no. God's called us to live this way. God's called us to live holy. God's called us to live this way. And even if it costs us our life, we're not going to change. This is how we're going to live. And so this is the story of seven brothers, and it's real, unlike a saving private Ryan. This is real from history. It says, these seven brothers, too, were given a choice and confronted with threats. They were confronted with the wheels and racks and hooks and catapults and cauldrons and frying pans and finger racks and iron hands and wedges and hot cinders. The first brother refused to eat the unclean things that he was forbidden to as a Jewish believer." They lashed him with whips and tied him to the wheel until he was dislocated and fractured every limb. They heaped up fuel and setting fire to it, strained him upon the wheel still more. And the wheel was besmeared all over with the blood and the heap of the coals was extinguished with the droppings of gore and pieces of flesh flew about the axles of the machine. But he withstood their tortures and died faithful. The second brother, they bound to the catapults They donned spiked iron gloves. These wild beasts fierce as panthers first dragged all the flesh off of his sinews and then with their iron gauntlets to his chin they tore off the skin of his head but he too died faithfully. The third brother was brought forward. The offers impatient at the man's boldness dislocated his hands and feet with racking engines and wrenching them from their sockets pulled his limbs asunder and they fractured his fingers and his arms and his legs and his elbows. In the end they tore him apart on the catapult and flayed him alive. He too died faithful. They cut off the tongue of the fourth brother before they submitted him to the like tortures. The fifth brother, they bound to the wheel, bending his body around the edge of it, and they fastened him with iron fetters to the catapult and tore him in pieces. The sixth, they broke upon the wheel while a fire roasted him from beneath. Then they heated sharp spits and applied them to his back, and piercing through his sides, they burned away his bowels. The seventh brother, they roasted alive in a gigantic frying pan. These two died faithful. When we look at Hebrews chapter 11, you just realize how costly it was to get us our faith. These people were saying, it doesn't matter what you throw at us, we're gonna live pure because God has promised that he's sending the deliverer through the Jewish people and we are gonna obey him and we are gonna stand true. And we don't know when the Messiah is coming, but we're standing true. You can do all these things to us, but we are not backing down. We are not going to say that we don't love God. We are not going to say that we will defile ourselves. We are going to stand true. And ultimately, the faithfulness of the Jewish people brought us Jesus, brought us the Messiah, brought us the one that paid the price for our sins. And we look at these things and we see in Hebrews chapter 11, these verses, and we just wanna skip over them. wanna skip over them. Can't skip over them. It's very real. And some had the Sunday school stories. Others didn't get exactly what they were hoping for, but all of them got their well done. All of them were able to say, you were faithful now some of us might be thinking like pastor wow, that's really heavy and man and and what about the new testament surely there's like you know new test it's got to be like way better there for us right well you look and you see that god did deliver peter and paul out of the prison saved them from death but then you also see that he doesn't rescue john the baptist James dies according to Acts chapter 12. Stephen dies in Acts chapter 7. And so you see that there are people that actually died for their faith. Historians record that Peter actually was crucified upside down. And if you're wondering, um, Fox's book of martyrs uh, keeps track of that. And currently the voice of the martyrs also keeps track. And they talk that even now tens of thousands of believers lose their life saying, I will not back down for what I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm not changed. I've read that chapter. I've read those verses. I've read the other ones. I've heard what Jesus said, and I'm standing strong no matter what. Jesus said in John 15, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the world. The word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But listen to what Romans 5 says. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. How many are ready for a little endurance? That's what it says. And endurance produces character. And I think we could use a lot more character in this world than the Christians. Character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. One more verse, 2 Corinthians 4 17. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. It is affliction, it's momentary, but God has something in store for us. It's glorious, it's incredible, it's amazing. And I'm, just, I'm, I'm calling the church today with this message to say, God, I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful no matter what. I want to be faithful. I don't want to be pushed around and shoved around by every wind of doctrine and everything that culture throws at me. And I want to be found faithful. I wanna live in faith, I wanna step out in faith on this adventure, I wanna go on this great adventure, I wanna stay strong in the suffering and I I, I wanna just be bold for you. And there's real things that are happening right now, there's like assaults on our belief and as I said in that sermon on Daniel, I mean the world is like, do you really believe that? Just this week I had a couple people say, "Do, do you really believe that? You really believe that? And I was like, I really believe that. I really believe it. I really believe. I'm not backing down. I really believe this. Like, wow, okay. There's actual harassment and persecution. There's job loss. There's children that are being taken away because one parent uh, objects to the gender reassignment surgery. Your business gets protested. You get brought to court. You get assailed and assaulted. And if you know your news I just did something like the writer of Hebrews. There's a story behind every one of those things. I didn't just make them up. There's real stories that are going on right now where people, this is happening. And I'm looking at this and saying, let's stand strong. Let's stand strong. Let's not back down. And on top of that, there's global persecution leading to the loss of life, which they say tens of thousands annually. And it's so, it's so shocking to me that our, own, our papers never, like they just don't cover these things. They don't ever. And I'll get these updates about praying for missionaries and pastors and different people. And I meet with some of these leaders and they're like, we still don't know where these pastors are. This happened to our church in Nigeria. This, this, this is very real. And I'm saying, let's not be weak. Let's not be weak. Let's be able to speak up for our faith. Yeah, I believe in Jesus I had this weird thought the other day. I thought, that's just so easy to, to be a pastor and, and, and blend in. And I, I saw this priest walk by me with a collar and a jacket, and I thought, I bet if I wore that, I'd stand out. And then everybody would wonder why I was married to Becca. So I just thought, all right. But I thought, maybe I had a, what do I got to do to let them know? Because you can't wear a cross to say, like, I, they'll be like, that's like jewelry now, you know? But I'm gonna speak up, and I'm not gonna be timid with evil. And I get it, cancel culture is out there and we're terrified that if you say something or post something, that cancel culture will come after you and mob persecution will come after you. But I don't want us to be weak, I want us to stand strong. And, and it, it's, we're so weak now as a church, now church, I mean capital C, but I, I, I watch Christians now and I watch them just I don't, I don't know that anything's a sin anymore. You know, I'm starting like, man, is that? And like, well, okay, I think at the end, like nothing's gonna be a sin. I was like, seriously? And we're gonna stand up and say, we're not gonna make light of sin. We're to stand for holiness. We're to stand up for God. We're gonna not be timid with evil. We're gonna say, yep, yeah, this is what I believe. This is what I believe. I'm not backing down. So, when you're in the sum of, the, of Hebrews 11, man, that's like, you're just saying like, ain't no stopping us now. You know, like you know, it's like God's on the throne and and and, and, and I have our own Hebrews 11 story that's in that part that'd be flannel graph. You're like, that's awesome with what God did with Connor. But when you're in those moments that are in Hebrews 11 verses 35 through 40, what do you do? What do you do if you're in the others category? And you're like, there is, it doesn't look like there's a flannel graph story. Like I'm still holding on. Um, but it doesn't look like that's happening. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And I found this when I was researching for the message. I found a, a pastor that just preached a, a, on the same text like a month ago. He just preached on it a month ago. And it was just interesting that it was, he called his sermon Others, when you're part of the Others. So I guess some, others, all. It's been sitting there. Maybe God's doing something bigger than I realize. And this is from Keith Etheridge. Um, he said, what do you do when you're part of the other crowd? Like, you're not getting the, the, the you know, the sum and the, the super story and the flannel graph. What, what do you do when you're in the others category? He gave a couple of tips. He said, number one, trust God's wisdom. Trust God's wisdom. He always knows what's right. So you're gonna trust his wisdom. God, you know more than I do, and I trust your wisdom in this situation. And then the thing, second thing he said is, Trust God's heart. Trust God's heart that God loves you more than you could ever know. And that he's just, you just can lean into that love. He loves you so much. You're gonna trust his love when you're part of it, when you feel like I'm part of the others. I'm part of it, especially to the person that sent that email. They're like, I just feel like I'm in a different category. Man, trust God's heart. Another thing, trust his long-term goal. He's conforming you and shaping you into his image. It might be that he's him saying no right now, like you feel like there's no spectacular story here. And God's like, Don't worry, I'm forming you into my image and I'm making you to look like me. And I'm I've got work going on right now. Another thing you could do is trust his grace. Like the apostle Paul said. He's like, I prayed, God, remove this, remove this, remove this. And God said, My grace is sufficient in your weakness. Like, my grace is sufficient. So you're gonna trust that his grace like, okay, God, if you're gonna give me grace to handle this, I'm gonna ask today for more grace to handle being in the other category right now. I need more grace, give me more strength, more ability to face that. He says two more, he said, trust his timing. Trust his timing, his no might actually be wait till later. You gotta trust his timing. And if there's one thing that I've been learning, the older I get is I have to trust God's timing. but I always want it way sooner. Always want it sooner. But I'm gonna trust his timing. And the last thing is, trust his record. I love that one that he said. He said, trust God's record. Like God's faithful over and over again. Even for the people in verses 35 through 40, he's like, faithful, faithful. My record was, I I didn't miss it. Like, oh, I'm sorry, did you guys? Oh man, my bad. That's not what he did. I guarantee that God welcomed them into heaven. I had a friend, he was sharing about just a vision that he had of heaven. And I'm not saying it was inspired, but it sure was cool. He's talked to me about a vision that he had of heaven that when the martyrs come in to heaven, those that have lost their life and stayed faithful to the end, like the seven brothers that we read, he was like, it was like all of heaven paused and was like, you know, well, welcome, welcome. And it was like, Go meet Jesus. He's the one you've been waiting to see. And it was like they cleared the line. I thought, well, there's, that's, that's a good, I'd love to have a dream like that. How many like to have a dream like that? Uh, trust God's record. God's not like, oops. God's like, I was with you every step of the way. I was there every step of the way. I was with you. I was holding you. I was right there. You know me different than a lot of other people do. I'm there with you. You trust his record. Some get their... Bible story, some get it. Some get like, and you get the flannel graph, and you just feel like you could write a book, or at least give a strong testimony in your small group. You're like, I got, it. Oh, boy, that's a good story. I got it. And I want to say this: God is still working out the some stories. He's still doing it. We we serve. Please please don't see like, okay, now we're a bet. No, God's still powerful. We're still praying for miracles. We're still believing in faith. And we know that sometimes he works now, sometimes it's later, sometimes it's, it's you're in the some category, and sometimes it's the others, but others get into the Fox's Book of Martyrs. They have to wait until heaven. God's doing something different. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means that their trajectory was different. Their pathway was different. But all of us can get a well done. I want you to hear that. Some get the big story, Others don't get quite what they were looking for, but God takes care of it in heaven and all of us can get the well done. Because the goal of life is like not to get a wow, what a story, but it's to get a hey, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, you endured that. You did what I asked you to do. You served me faithfully. Even when others were running away, you stayed faithful. So when you step out in faith, you know what I want you to hear? Well done you stepped out in faith. Whatever it is that God's telling you to do, it's uncertain. You're like, okay, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to lead. I'm going to give. I'm going to go. I'm going to serve. I'm going to answer. I'm going to say yes. When you step out in faith, hear the well done. When you live in obedience day in, day out, when it's difficult at school or when it's difficult at the workplace or when it's difficult in politics and you're living faithfully and you're living in that obedience, hear the well done. Hear the well done. When you're faithful with what he's given to you and you're like, this is the talent I have and I'm working it and I'm multiplying it, hear the well done. When you endure persecution on the smallest level, medium, large, wherever it's at, hear the well done. God's saying well done and when you're, when you're stronger under that pressure, hear the well done. Well done, well done, well done. Some, others, all, and I just pray as a church, we'll work for the well done and say, God, we desire to work for the well done. I pray we'd be tough, toughen up. It's it's no time for soft Christians right now. It's no time. It's time for us to say, I'm willing to say yes, no matter what. If you call me, I'm doing it. If the answer is yes, because you're my Lord, because you've saved me, I will trust you with the results, and it's for your glory and for your honor that I work for the well done. Can you bow your heads with me and pray? I believe that it is time for us to pray and ask God for the faith and the tenacity to to stand strong. I think of those seven brothers, and there were others. I could read story after story after story of people that said, I'm willing to stand strong for God no matter what, no matter what. And so, Lord, I just pray right now for us to grab hold of that, that we'd stay strong no matter what. We'd stay filled with faith, filled with a desire to serve you, filled with an ability to say, God, no matter what, we're going to stay true. And so I pray for a a strength, a tenacity, a boldness, an ability to step out in faith and to trust you and have that, that courage Sometimes you just look at all those that get the some story, but God, there's so many in the others and I just pray we'd all realize we can be part of the all, the well done, the well done. So God, give us strength, give us wisdom, give us the ability to move forward in this, give us boldness, give us a tenacity and may we just be led by the Holy Spirit in these moments of needing to be bold for your glory and for your honor. Lord, we don't wanna just Step away and, and take a watered-down thing. God, we go after it with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our, we just love you and we wanna be strong. May parents pray over their kids today saying be strong no matter what. Be strong no matter what. I think about that. I prayed over our boys and I said, they, may, they, may they serve you Every day of their life, no matter what, no matter who pushes against them, may they serve you, may they serve you every day of their life and hear the well done at the end of their life. So God, help us to live that way in light of the well done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.